205. He's got the wheels. He's got the ability. His name is Meb Kofleski, who knows a good photo opportunity when he sees it coming. There's the line. He's across. It's been over 30 years since an American has won the Golden Laurels on their head. Man, I felt blessed to have this opportunity to win the Boston title, not just for me, but for the people. Well, congratulations again on a historic win. Thank you so much. You can just see his heart, the emotions running to him, through him, just because he ran a race and won, because he remembered why he did it, and he ran and and he ran for who he represented, the United States, and you can see the emotion that goes through him in the victory that he has. Just like this marathon, we are all running in this race called life. And last week I spoke about choosing life, and there's no better life than one with Jesus Christ in it. And I've talked a little bit about how we can maintain our Christian life. You know, once we've asked Jesus and received him into our hearts to be a part of our, 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 our life, we can't expect Jesus to do everything. We can't. I mean, that would be so cool if he did. But what would be our role? What would be our role as, as a Christian if Jesus did everything for us? He would enable us. Our Christian life is like a runner who trains daily, hard, looking for the excitement of the race, overcoming the obstacles so that he would be able to run for decades. And this morning, we're actually concluding our series, Being a City on a Hill, and we'll be talking about running this race called life and how to run to win to obtain the prize and like Pastor Lynn said, that we have a new series coming up, Seeking the Savior. You got these invitation cards. Please use them and invite your friends. And uh, it's, it's the Christmas season. Give them a gift. Give them Jesus. That's the best gift ever. So we'll be looking at a scripture written by the Apostle Paul. And he's writing this scripture to the Christians in Corinth. And as he encourages them to continue to press on, because a lot of these Christians have now dropped their faith and they're, they're actually giving up on their faith. So maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've been walking with God and you've been trying very hard and you've been trying your best. But life just seems hard. It's hard for us at times. For some of you, you, know, you may be going through the struggle in different areas. Maybe you're, you're in your finances and you're struggling with that. Maybe it's in a relationship and maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe you're having some health issues. Or maybe just life in general, we're struggling with those things. But I want to encourage you as Paul encouraged those in Corinth. That I want, I want to help us to press forward. And let's run this race together as the body of Christ. And let's strive to win the greatest prize that was ever presented to mankind. Which is eternal life. 
and I, I think of one, and this guy must have been a sports enthusiast, you know, a, a man's man. Or he must have attended the, the Olympic races of, of the old because he likens this scripture as to our Christian lifestyle. And he uses the, a marathon to, 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 to illustrate it. And he encourages us to live life. Live life with a purpose and finish the race and gain the prize. It's a race we must win. Because he's talking about our Christian lifestyle. So this morning, you may take out your handles from your bulletins. And would you open your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles with you, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. It's the seventh book in. you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you got Acts and Romans and then 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll start from verse 24. And Paul says here, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. And I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, I've watched the start of the Kona Marathon, and as you've seen on the screen, the starting of this marathon, there's hundreds and thousands of people early in the morning getting ready to run this race. And, and, and I thought to myself, man, out of all these people, you know, there must be a lot of them who know that they're not going to win. They're not going to win. But they run anyway. And Paul says, all will run in a race of life. But only one wins the prize. And I don't think Paul is saying only one person will win in this race called life. But he's saying as a Christian, we should settle for nothing less than what God has in store for you and I. That God has in store for us. We need to start the race with an attitude of winning and finish our lives as a winner. Run the race the best you can to reach the goal and be all you can be for God. That's what he's saying here. You know, I remember when I was in the sixth grade and um, I, I, I got to go on vacation with my uncle and, and be with my cousin, Eric. And Eric was uh, uh, bigger than I, I mean, much bigger than I. I was this small little kid with some, you know, small man syndrome problems. And, you know, that said that, you know, if no, just mess with me because I'm one small guy. But I was just going through that. But anyway, well, he, he's this big guy, and, and he, he just loved football. So he was going out to, to, for tryouts, and, you know, I, I hung out with them. And he was going out with his friends, and these, he, his friends are huge linebackers, you know. And these guys are huge. So I, I got to tag along with them, riding the bike, going down to the field, going down to the park. And I hung out with them, and they were practicing for about a week. And then one day this coach comes up to me and he says, hey, boy, you, know, you don't want to get in and try, uh, you know, try football? And I looked at him and I, I said, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm visiting from, from the big island and I'll be going back after summer. He says, that's all right, just go, just go run with your cousin, man, go run. 
And I looked at my cousin them, and they were so huge, and, you know, I never let get hurt. So I thought, nah, that's all right. But this coach just kept encouraging me and encouraging me. And then one day I just borrowed some shoes from my cousin and, and you know, was like on size 12, I think. And, but anyway, um, so I went and I tried out. And, uh, you know, I was following this one guy uh, who was uh, running back. And he was just encouraging me, encouraging me. And I tried out for the team. And a month later, I made the, I made the team. I was the second string running back. <clears throat> well, I, was, I got so excited, so I called home and... I, told, I asked my mom and my dad if I could stay over for the school year, and I asked my uncle if that was okay. So he said, it's fine. So he calls and tells my grandmom. And I'm like my grandmother's, you know, I was the best, you know, her favorite. And I wouldn't lie. So she calls my uncle, and she says, you send that boy home tomorrow on the next flight that you can get him back here. And that next day was supposed to be our first scrimmage game. And I was so disappointed that they made the, you know, they couldn't make the flight in the, in the evening. But they made it first thing in the morning, and I was going to miss the game. I was so disappointed. So we went to the field, and we, I said my goodbyes. And the coach and this one running back came up to me, and he, he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, brother, just, just keep up. No give up, brother. No give up. So I moved back, but... You know, I was living in Poho, we never have a football team, so that went south. But anyway, this guy, this running back, I remember him so well because, because of his encouragement. This running back's name was David Hughes, and he gave it his all. He ran with everything that he had, and he became the Seattle Seahawks running back. That's how good he was. And then I thought to myself, man... I was supposed to be me. I should have been playing for the Raiders, you know? Sometimes we need to be encouraged to get into the race, especially when life's not happening for us. If we don't get, if we don't have great expectations for our, ourselves, then we'll be like those people in the marathon who's just participating with no heart to win. And Paul's saying we need to have a winning attitude and be all we can be to win this race. We can't live as a Christian life with low expectations in our lives. We can't beat ourselves over and over again just because of our past. We have to move on. We have to move forward in life. We need to get in the race with confidence of who we are in Christ as a Christian. We need to get up every morning saying, I'm a winner because I got Jesus in my life. And he's my strength. He's my inspiration. We need to speak life into our lives. We cannot run for temporal reasons anymore. We have to be inspired to run a, run a race with eternal motives in Christ Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, the author, whom I believe is Paul, writes to the Christians of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and these people have turned from Judaism to Christ. But they're struggling too. They're struggling to keep their faith. They're about to give up. They're about to drop their faith. And Paul inspires them. And that's your first point for today. Number one, be inspired to start the race. Be inspired to start the race.
Be inspired to get into the starting blocks. You know, with every great winner, there's someone or something behind them that inspired them to start. This race, our walk with Jesus, is not easy. It's tough. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The road to victory isn't easy, but it's the best. And it's always good to have someone there to inspire you. Jesus overcame the race, and he showed us that we can too. I'm sure someone was praying for you, for your salvation, and for you to find Christ. Life isn't easy, and there's times we feel like dropping out of the race, and there's times that we feel like we're, we want to give up. You know, there's times I feel like giving up. But my partner, my wife, she inspires me. She knows when, when I'm uptight, and she reminds me. She reminds me of who I am. And who I represent. Just like Matt. She reminds me of who I am and whom I represent. And that motivates me to continue on, to continue in the ministry. She's my coach and she coaches me every day of my life because she knows Jesus. And I'm so grateful for her and for what Jesus has done in her life. We all need someone to inspire us. Someone who would push us in our Christian walk. Paul says, find a coach, find a mentor, find someone to inspire you and keep you accountable and keep you fit. We need that in our Christian life. We really do. You know, I like what Paul does in the book of Hebrews as he inspires those Christians to not give up. He inspires them to, to check out some of the best coaches who ever ran the race. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and he's talking about the people before him, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what Paul is saying here is, here's your coaches. And he's talking about all the people of faith, that wall of faith in, in Hebrews 11. These people ran their race and they know what the race looks like. They've been down the paths before and endured it. Learn from these people, he's saying. They're the forerunners who can inspire you and take you there. He says, look at Abraham. How he endured his call, his race, and sacrifice, and gained the promises of God. He says, look at Enoch, who ran his race, but he gave us the hope of the rapture. And he says, look at Noah, who ran his race with fear, but built his new home, the ark. Think this was easy for these witnesses? No. But they got into the starting blocks and they started to do something for themselves. Imagine what Abraham had to go to when he was called to sacrifice his son. And the faith that it took to remain obedient to God. Imagine the complaints that Moses went through. The complaints that he had to deal with. He must have been counseling people for days. 
you know, he inspires me. And that's why he heeded the, the advice of his father-in-law, Jethro, to go out and find some help or else you're going to burn out. You will die. And these people had to go through some tough times. But someone inspired them and prepared them to endure the race. It took some, some hard self-examination and, and some discipline to make the, the proper corrections. But they started. They got in the starting blocks. Paul says there has to be some intense training to endure this race. He says everyone who competes goes through strict training and must lay aside every weight and sin that ensnares us. That word weight that's used in this scripture is translated ukos, which is in the Greek means hindrance. And that word sin in the Greek is hamartia, which means offense. And Paul says, get rid of this stuff. These are things that you shouldn't be holding on to because it's weighing you down and holding you back. Get rid of these things. You can't run. It's hindering us. We need to get rid of them. Get rid of the offenses that we take upon ourselves because it can disappoint us and we'll, we'll burn out and we'll reach a point of giving up. I have a friend who, who's a bodybuilder and he, he, he won some bodybuilding contests. And, and as we were talking the other day, he said, man, I put on some pounds, some poundage on me. And he said, man, I, I wasn't disciplined. You know, he started to eat what his, uh, the, the, the normal foods that his family ate, and he wasn't disciplining himself. He wasn't eating the proper diet, the healthy foods that he needed. And then he said he wasn't, you know, um, uh, working out as much as he should, and it disappointed him. And that's what Paul is talking about. Paul's saying, man, we, we, we have to be careful how we discipline ourselves how we discipline ourselves in our Christian walk or else we'll disqualify ourselves. We'll begin to eat what the world eats. We'll do what the world does. And it will show up when we begin to run this race. It's going to slow you down. We have to get rid of the old habits, our old styles, and begin a new training plan. When we first came to Jesus and started our race as a Christian, boy, we were well. We, did, we ran great. We were filled with excitement. Doing all our devotions, going to church, serving in the church, attending the Bible studies, attending seminars, attending retreats. We were well. We ran well. Then after a while, we've reached a plateau and the excitement kind of simmered down. We're not as excited anymore. We begin to level off, procrastinating to the point of falling out of the race. And that's what Paul is saying in Galatians 5. You ran well. What hindered you from obeying the truth? And Paul is asking, what's distracting you? Who took your focus off the goal, the truth of God's word? Hebrews 12, 2 tells us we need to stay focused. We need to be focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But remaining focused demands practice. It doesn't happen overnight for us. We can't just get up one morning and say, hey, I'm going to run in the triathlon. That doesn't happen. It takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of exercise, a lot of practice. And Paul encourages us to train, 
Train yourselves. Prepare ourselves for the race. And that's your next point. Number two, be prepared to run the race. Be prepared to run the race. We got to prepare ourselves to run with endurance to finish the race. We can't live life like everyone else. We have to be different as Christians. As believers, we're expected to live a godly lifestyle. People are watching us. They are. Your family's watching you. God has set us apart to live a righteous life, and it demands hard training. We can't live life without a purpose. We must live purposeful life with goals and values to push forward to. We have to fight for those things. We have an extraordinary God who has called us for an extraordinary life. And to run this race, we have to believe in our extraordinary coach. Although Paul spoke about all these men and these women of faith in Hebrews 11 who finished their race, they were all coached by one coach, the best coach ever, God himself. And this race requires training. So how do we get rid of the sin and the weight that hinders us down? We train. We train for the race. We do it through his word by listening to his instructions as our coach and our master. And if we don't listen to the coach, what happens? Yeah, we don't play. Nothing happens because we don't learn. No sense practice. Because we won't learn anything. And what we're doing, we're actually setting our own course. We're running in a different direction than what God is calling us to do. His word is our training manual. We practice to learn. We practice to listen. So that we'd get his word deep in our hearts. And that's where it all starts. It starts with our hearts. If we don't have a heart to train and to learn, then we'll die before the finish line. Here's a great parable which reveals the different steps of training ourselves to run a better race. Hear the parable of the sower, Matthew 13. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. You see, folks, God wants to coach us through his word and place it in our hearts. He has instructions for us to finish this race And God's saying, I understand the race. I created it. And I sent my son to run it. And he overcame it. He overcame the race because of his obedience to my instructions. It was my will, not his will that he obeyed. I trained him well. And when when it was his time to run his race, he did it with style and grace. And he finished his race 
and won the prize. And God's saying to you and I this morning, I'll train you too. I will train you too if you want me to. He says, there'll there'll be some practices where you hear my instructions, but you won't understand the race completely. You're still a rookie. You don't have the full picture of life yet. Then your opponent, the devil, will come to you show, to, to show you up. And he'll try to get the best of you and frustrate you to quit the race. But keep practicing. Then you'll come to a point of hearing and gaining a lot more understanding. And you'll feel good about that. But you have to be very careful that your, your opponent doesn't steal your joy. Because he'll intimidate you and say, you're not strong enough to run this race. And then you want to quit, but keep practicing. And as you continue to practice, you begin to see the course of the race. You gain a better perspective and knowledge of what the race looks like. But watch for the hurdles your opponent has set up along the path to try to trip you up. It shouldn't worry you, but, but it might if you're not focused. Because you never practiced with these hurdles before, the cares of the world. And you may fall over these hurdles, but don't worry. Just get up and keep practicing. Then there'll be a time when you'll be in the greatest condition of your lives. Because you've eaten the right meals, my word. And you've practiced hard in your devotions. And disciplined yourself to know the truth. And you see the stumbling blocks approaching you from afar. You've prepared yourself for it. It no longer worries you. You built up your faith and believed in me, your coach. Your opponent will challenge you with his tactics and his schemes, with every play that he has. But you know his tactics, his tactics, and it's no longer intimidating you anymore because you've practiced alongside your friends and they're running alongside with you. I've trained you and you're ready to run this race with confidence now. See, our Christian life takes a lot of discipline and practice. We have to practice in his word to know the truth. We have to discipline ourselves to know what this lifestyle entails and what sacrifices it demands from us. And Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like any boxer beating the air. No. I strike my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the the prize. Here's what happens. When God trains us, he will release you as sheep among wolves, ready to run. We have full confidence in ourselves and in our coaches, and that's that's called faith. And we'll run. Our race without worrying so much anymore. We'll run without being so intimidated by the cares of the world anymore. And the schemes of the enemy because we have confidence in our coach. And Jesus says, my sheep knows my voice. And your fate will drive you to have a winning attitude to run this race called life. And that's your your last point for today. Number three, be confident to win the race. Be confident to win the race. We need confidence. You know, as I was training with my cousins with the Kailua Surf Riders Pop Warner team, the inspiration and the techniques that coaches use gave me the confidence 
to run with the big dogs. I knew that I could compete now. The race requires training. Our Christian lifestyle requires training and discipline to build confidence of who we are and what we can do. When we're done training, we're no longer practicing Christians. We are God's trained disciples. We are God's trained warriors ready to run, ready to fight to the end, ready to run to win. Paul states, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. And Paul's not bragging here. He's stating a fact. I'm, I'm running to win. I'm not out for a spiritual jog. I'm running for the prize set before me by God. And he says, Bredwin, in, in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's Paul's desire. And Paul gives God his very best. The way Jesus gave his best to the Father and endured the cross, despising the shame that others thought about him. He didn't care. He knew his mission. He knew his purpose. The question this morning for us would be this. Are we just being a participant in our Christian lives or are we running to win? Are we giving ourselves a real shot at the prize or are we just out for a spiritual jog? Are you giving your coach the best you can give? Or are you holding back because of your past and the cares of the world? Paul inspires us today to run the race the best we can. Find others to run with you and inspire others to join in. Give it all you got to the very end with a winning attitude and you'll get there and you'll see the prize that was set up for you that was stored up for you by God himself and Paul says this with confidence I'm not only going to tell you how to run this race I'm going to show you how to finish well and Paul ran his course he ran his race and he finished well and he testifies about that in 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. He says this, and he's talking about his debt here. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And I believe that's for all of us, that we look forward to the day that the Lord comes back for us. 
But till that day, will we run? Will we run the race to win? You see, this world is filled with hurdles and stumbling blocks to trip us up in our Christian walk. The Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we would have life and that we would have it abundantly. Don't settle for a mediocre life because God has so much more for you and I. And Paul says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up on your faith. Don't do anything that hinders your walk. Don't do anything that hinders your faith to disqualify you from that race. Take care of your physical bodies. That's a, there's a connection between your physical body and your spiritual body. So he's saying, eat right. Get your rest. Exercise. And stay healthy so that your spiritual man can run this race with endurance, with confidence. This morning, I would pray that you're inspired today to get into the race and start your training. Open up your training manuals, your Bibles. Study the plays well, His promises. Hear your coach speak to you on a daily basis through his word and your devotions. And run this race. Run this race with faith. Run this race that's called life, the way God intended you to have it. Run to win the prize that is set before you by God. Let's run to win the prize of eternal life. Can we say amen to that? Amen. You may close your Bibles and bow your hearts with prayer with me. Heavenly Father, we, boy, this is a strong message for us, Lord God, that, man, you're looking at us and you're saying, I want to coach you. Don't just be a participant. Don't just stand on the side in the park. Don't just look in, but be a part of it. Get in the game. Maybe for some of us, Lord God, that we've been on the side for such a long time that we've become comfortable. Well, today I pray, Father, that you would inspire them to get in the race and start this race. That they would open their, their, their training manuals, their Bibles, Lord God. And that you would connect with them. And they're taking those instructions and that they will learn and, and exercise and practice and prepare for this race. Prepare well, training their bodies, training their, their spiritual man. Taking in their rest, Lord God. Eating the right meals, and taking care of the physical body. With a spiritual body, gain strength too of endurance. In that way, Lord God, you, you show us who we really are as Christians. People who are set apart by you to make a difference in this world. So, Father, we thank you today for this message. We thank you that we can because your son overcame it. He overcame life. and There's nothing on him that the enemy can bring, Lord God. So allow us to be that person. Allow us to know that we can overcome this race, this race called life. And there's nothing the enemy can do, Lord God, because of who you are in us. 
for greater are you who live it in us than anything that is of the world. So, Father, we thank you for residing in us, Lord God. And as we hear this message this morning, I thank you for being our coach. Would you continue to speak to us every day, Lord God? Whether through your word or, or through the radio or through people, continue to speak that we may bring confidence to win this race and obtain the goal of eternal life with you. This we say, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, amen.